0: Today's episode of Good Morning is brought to you by the new Kojo Studios original, A Beginner's Guide to Grief. A dark comedy series created by Anna Lindner, it dives headfirst into the chaotic and nauseating fun park that is grief, exploring
1: the outdated and disconnected structures around death and dying. Whether you're grieving or supporting someone who is, it's a must-watch. And you can stream A Beginner's Guide to Grief in Australia on SBS On Demand now. Listening to Good Morning, the podcast talking all things grief with honesty and humor. Welcome back to the Good Morning podcast.
0: We are your hosts, Sal and Im, and you are listening to our, I don't know if it's new anymore, but our (laughs) semi new segment called Grievers Anonymous, where you guys can call our hotline to share your griefy confessions, questions, or messages of solidarity with other members of the community and be featured on our podcast. If you want to be involved in each episode, we do share three anonymous messages. The hotline is a free messaging service, so it doesn't cost you a cent. And it can be found in the show notes as well as the link in our Instagram
1: bio. Before we dive in, guys, it's super important for us to flag up front that we are not medical professionals and the advice and responses that we share throughout this episode are based on our own experiences and insights from the work that we do through Good Morning. So if you are struggling, we highly recommend that you seek professional help. It's something that's helped us both enormously. We are
0: touching on some big topics in today's episode. We'll be shining a light on the fact that there is no right or wrong way to grieve, how we can cope in relationships when your partner doesn't get grief, and also how it's important to acknowledge and even celebrate the moments of lightness within your grief. So let's jump into our first caller today.
2: Hi, um thank you for your podcast I want to share my story with you but that's quite a different case it's actually about not grieving to begin with uh, about two months ago uh, uh, we lost my cousin she was too young and um, it was like the first person uh, that was like this close to me that died ever in my life and um, um, everyone was like crying my sisters even my little sister that didn't have that connection with her and everyone was really sad even people that were like not that related with her um all crying all feeling sad and but I didn't feel anything like I was like okay and um I was not sad I couldn't cry I couldn't understand the grief uh it's not that I didn't want to believe that I I totally understood that she's gone now but um I didn't cry I didn't feel bad I didn't feel sad Um, and this just made me think maybe I'm not normal, I don't know. Um, I don't know if this story is qualified to be shared on your podcast, but this is something that I'm totally scared of. Like, am I emotionless for not, um, mooring and not, um, feel grief towards someone that was like close to me and I have memories of it I just didn't feel sad like it was nothing like I went to my aunt my dad they were all so sad even their sadness didn't make me cry like it was like I didn't care at some point I I don't know it just made me think I'm not okay Uh, There is something wrong with me. Everyone was grieving. Everyone everyone was crying. Even people that didn't know her much. (sighs) Till this day, I don't even feel... Not even a little, tiny bit sad. And I'm terrified. I wanted to share this with you all. Because it's always about how to uh understand grief how to talk about it how to embrace it but in my case i was like no i don't feel sad i don't i just don't feel any difference in my emotions you know i don't know am i emotionless anyway uh yeah that's it thank you for the amazing job you're doing bye
0: oh so so much to unpack with this one sal i feel like you could really share some insights here and some wisdom for this caller as i know you've had
1: moments in your grief where you've judged yourself as well haven't you absolutely queen of the griefy self judgments i am (laughs) and i just want to say to this caller firstly we're so sorry that you're feeling this way yeah I can hear in your voice that it's really impacting you, but not in the ways that you necessarily had predicted or expected. I speaking from my personal experience, I definitely have moments where I would compare my grief to others and think to myself, like, why am I not more sad? Why am I not crying? You know, there were times in my Grief in the early days when I did, I felt okay. I I felt I was able to function. I went back to work. In fact, when I went back to work, I was performing really well. I was firing on all cylinders, to be honest. Um, and I was worried there was something wrong with me. And I think that's a thing, you know, we we judge ourselves and you know grief is unpredictable but it's also very individual and you know I think the fact that you're not crying you're not feeling sad it doesn't actually mean that you're not grieving yes There's no such thing as a normal kind of way when it comes to grief but what I would say is that perhaps um, perhaps it's maybe important for you to try and tap into some things that are going to help you sort of get that expression out so for me it's been writing and journaling and because I am not sort of I guess uh I was I did have like emotional periods but because I was Mm. able to function relatively well I it was important for me to sort of try and sit and access things if that makes sense so I would say from personal experience I would recommend trying to write or do the things that can kind of help get some of the griefy thoughts out. You don't have to be crying. You don't have to be like a, a hot mess on the floor, but I do think that can also help tap into some of the, some of the, the things going on inside that we might not realize are going on inside. If that makes sense.
0: Yes. I think this is a, such an important topic. I think we can spend a lot of time highlighting all of the heavy emotions of grief, you know, like the sadness and and all of those other emotions that it can, leave people feeling like they aren't grieving properly if they aren't experiencing those emotions so if you're mm. not crying or you're not super sad or longing or depressed or you know all of those things it's like well am I even grieving which I think is what this caller is experiencing and I I remember actually you saying those exact words to me once Sal you said like am I emotionless? You know, is there something wrong with me? And I think it was around a period when you felt like you needed to cry, but you couldn't cry. Like tears weren't coming out. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with you, mate.
1: Yeah. I remember it. It was like, I kept trying to have a grief session because I felt there was something there, but then I'd like literally sit and like, (laughs) And like nothing was coming out. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong <laughs> with me? Why can't I cry? <laughs> like, so like this listener, yeah. I was like, where, like what's going on? But the thing is, you know, there isn't anything wrong with me or you listener. And I think, yeah. you know, Like, like we mentioned earlier, the fact that you're feeling okay, it doesn't mean you aren't grieving. You know, it doesn't mean that you love your cousin any less than anyone who is outwardly expressing their emotions. You know, it's in no way an indication of how close you were to the person who died at all. It's just, Mm. and I think it's important to highlight that as well. And, um, you know, Another something that might be of interest to you is the different um, the grieving styles, um, the intuitive versus the instrumental griever it's something that's really helped me and Im uh, identify how and why we we process the way we do and I'll just top line talk about it very briefly but um there's the intuitive grievers so someone who fit, very much feels their emotions they cannot not express their emotions and then you aka talk, team him. aka <laughs> team him and they yeah. need to talk about things yeah, but then on the other end of the ex- the spectrum, it's I guess extreme spectrums, um, and some people are one or the other, and some people are a blend. Uh, but the there's intuitive grievers, so people who who are le- less likely to be overtly emotional, they might uh, channel their grief by instrumental doing t- those ones. Yes. Instrumental. Sorry. What did I say? (laughs) Intuitive. Intuitive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Instrumental grievers. And they, they uh, might channel their grief by doing practical things. Um, They might process things by, you know, being um, doing sort of taking more of a problem solving approach or a more logical approach. So have a look into that because it might, Mm. it might help um, and it might spark some thoughts for you.
0: Definitely. And I think even the fact that you called the Grievers Anonymous hotline, Proves that you are grieving, like you're here, you know, you wouldn't be here otherwise. And you're obviously impacted by your loss. You obviously care. You're not just cracking on with your life as it was, you know. Yeah. You're here instead comparing your grief to others and judging yourself because you do care, you know. And that's a really normal thing to do in grief. We do do that, you know. But it's on the other end of the spectrum where you're not feeling those heavy emotions and it's like, what's wrong with me? But it's actually common, you know. Mm. And the other thing I want to mention is, it's still so fresh and we say this all the time but like two months in you could still be in shock you know it's very normal to feel numb after a loss it's very normal to feel you know almost nothing when you're in that autopilot and this is also something that I think Sal can talk to but
1: it's common for people to go into autopilot mode isn't it Sal yeah definitely you know I think it can almost be a bit of a protective coping mechanism in a way you know Two months is still very fresh. And for me, I don't feel like my grief truly kicked in until sort of like the one and a half, two month mark because I was just on autopilot. So I think, you know, give yourself some grace. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. You're not emotionless. Grief is fucking weird, and it looks different for different for everybody. And we are sending you so much love. That's a quote from Sal for the
0: for the day. Grief is fucking weird. It really <laughs> is though, and like you know, if it it's always changing too. So mm-hmm. how you're feeling now, you might not be feeling that in two months time, and if you are, also fine. But you might feel that you move into a different place with your grief, and and it's it's very unpredictable and. We're sending you lots of love and just, yeah, we'd love to say just like let go of any judgment on yourself. And I want to leave you with this quote from David Kessler. He shared it with us in a previous podcast episode. He said, There's no such thing as one person crying too much or one person crying too little. Your crying or not crying is just right
1: for you. Mm, wise words. I love that. Um, right. Let's hear
3: from our next caller. Hi guys, Um, I just wanted to share that we had, my family and I and close family friends had a memorial service and an internment for my dad um, who passed away in early January, only three months after he was diagnosed with glioblastoma. Um, So losing him was a pretty quick uh, descent. And then we waited to have a have a service for him partly because of covid partly because i live in canada and january winters are not a good time to stand outside in a cemetery and also just because of the shock of it all we needed time to process how quickly we lost him and sort through our feelings and yeah yesterday we finally got to do it and i just feel this weird sense of lightness today that I cannot remember. I can't remember the last time I felt like that. I know that it's not going to last forever and that grief comes in waves and it ebbs and it flows. And some days I will feel absolutely terrible, but today I have this comfort knowing that we sent him off with his wife and his kids and his best friends and his cousins and people who have known and loved him his whole life. And we all got to say together the things that we loved about him and we miss about him. And I think there's just a little bit of closure that I was hoping would happen, but I wasn't 100% banking on it because how can you? Anyway, all of this to say, is that there is a sense of relief and peace after having celebrated him yesterday and I feel really good about it. And here's two more days of feeling good. I hope that anyone listening to this can find a little bit of hope that there is some closure that can come your way. It may be fleeting and brief, but it feels good today to not feel so down and depressed and low and to find a little bit of light thanks guys for the podcast it has helped me so much um and love the work that you guys are doing and have a great rest of the day everybody i love this
1: one you know what it is such an important message to all of us, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. embrace those moments. And we also, we would love that you love the podcast. It really means a lot to us to hear that.
0: It does. I love, love, love this message. You know, we are both so incredibly sorry for the loss of your dad. And just want to say like, thank you for calling and sharing your heart and your hope with our listeners. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's really something to be said about you know, waiting to have a service or a memorial, especially if the death was sudden. You know, I had a similar experience with my mum, actually, as she, she died by suicide and we were kind of forced to have a funeral for her when I was still in so much shock. You know, I, I even remember saying, like, on the morning of it, like, I don't want to go. Like, do I have to go? And my stepdad was like, you, you, you need to go to your mum's funeral. And I was like, fuck, I really like don't want to go, mm. you know? And I obviously went and I was just surviving the day. That's all I could do. Like I wasn't present. I wasn't prepared it was just hell. It felt like I was burning in hell at that point. It was just horrendous, you know, so I don't feel like she got a, the send off. And mm. it was around the 10 month mark um, after she died, we held a memorial for her. So kind of like what this listener's talking about, but obviously a little bit earlier on, And um, we planted a tree and I experienced that same sense of lightness and peace that this caller is talking about. And I felt like that was, her send off in a sense Mm. does that make
1: sense yeah that makes sense and I actually yeah yeah, remember I remember that and I remember you telling me all about that and I'd actually really like to touch on the topic of closure in a minute but I also Mm -hmm. wanted to say that I really love this message because it's a reminder to give ourselves that permission you know embrace those positive Mm. emotions as well and I think sometimes we can be afraid to you know, we spend so much time looking at the hard emotions and grief, right? Because yeah. they are all consuming and they do tend to be the most present. Um, Although I, not for our last listener. Not for our last <laughs> not, listener though. Not for though. our last listener.
0: And I think all over the
1: place. That's the thing, like, it's really good to highlight that positive emotions can and will live alongside your pain. And when you're grieving, you know, it's important to, to find some of those moments and let a little light in because it would be bloody overwhelming to feel consumed by your grief at every moment, wouldn't it? So thank you for sharing this. And yeah, like Im said, I'm so sorry for your loss. And it's 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 really important to share the, li- the lighter side of things as well. So I really appreciate you sharing that
0: you're so right and it actually reminds me of one of our affirmation cards um what was it it says i consciously choose to allow happiness in my life i look for moments of joy in everything that's the affirmation from one of our cards mm, and because I to your point one. like we can be really hard on ourselves and it can sometimes feel like almost inappropriate to experience feelings of happiness or excitement after a loss and I think there really needs to be room for both. So if you're listening to this and thinking, I will never feel joy again, fair play, we've been there. Um, But we felt that, you know, like making time and space to let joy in can be as easy as setting aside like a few minutes of yourself each day to do something that brings you a little bit of pleasure. Like you can actively allow yourself to kind of feel those things, can't you? So I think for me, like one of the things, I do when I'm wanting to just feel a little bit lighter is I watch a really crappy reality TV show, like Love Island. Don't judge me. Um, Or I stuff my face with chocolate occasionally, you know, it's also being really present for my daughter and allowing her happiness to lift me out of my darkness sometimes. So Mm. I think it's important to allow yourself to feel those things. Like what, what, what
1: are things for you, Sal, that bring you into the light (laughs) I think for me uh making time to be in nature is a really big one like either a long walk I love walking along the beach um or going for a swim in the ocean pool obviously Mm. not when it's winter but (laughs) when it's hot (laughs) um but I also love like reading reading books that is really soothing for me hanging out with my dog's spending time with good friends, uh, watching a good British crime drama, bloody love them. Um, (laughs) Probably weird that that brings me joy. My husband's like, you love miserable shit. I'm like, it's just a good storyline, but yeah. You're so
0: British. (laughs) (laughs) I do too love miserable shit too, to be fair, but I feel like (laughs) good reality, crappy reality really gets me into a mm. kind of relaxed choice headspace even yes. though I still feel tense like Love Island like has me fucking tense it's obviously over now but the last season gets yeah. me stressed <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay let's pause for a minute to talk about today's sponsor the new SBS series of the Guide to Grief, which is a darkly hilarious show written and performed by Anna Lindner
0: I am so bloody excited about this series, Sal. And guys, it's based on Anna's personal story and leans into the terrifyingly messy, but sometimes transformative experience that is grief.
1: Yes, it's absolutely bloody brilliant. And what I loved about A Beginner's Guide to Grief is that it provides a new and much needed conversation, outlook and approach to death and dying, but also with a sprinkle of humor. little bit like this pod hey Em. It is
0: and you know this show also highlights how quickly the good intentions of others can you know sometimes devalue and diminish your personal grief journey
1: and that is something that many of us can no doubt relate to definitely. I know I certainly can. And a beginner's guide to grief is designed to send the message that grief is a truly your own journey and something to embrace without apology and even lean into courageously. Amen to that. Guys,
0: this series will also make you laugh in the uncomfortably dark moments. And it invites you to ask the question, what if people started giving themselves permission to experience
1: moments of joy within the discomfort of their grief? Amen to that. I think we can all learn a thing or two from this must-watch show. So whether you're grieving or you're supporting someone who is, we highly recommend tuning into A Beginner's Guide to Grief, which you can stream in Australia now on SBS On Demand. But just circling back to like the C word for a minute, closure, you know, (laughs) I just want to touch on the concept of closure because, you know, it, it is something that it comes up a lot in our grief community. And I can hear from this caller that she is not a hundred percent sold on the idea either and I I don't think that we that we ever truly feel a full sense of closure if that makes sense when someone mm. dies I think the idea of closure is that grief ends and we move on with our lives which as we all know is not the case at all and do you remember him this actually reminds me of one of um well, one of my favorite analogies that was shared with us when, do you remember when we chatted to Hope Edelman, who is the author of Motherless Daughters and the Aftergrief and many amazing grief books? Yes, the
0: the train analogy.
1: Yeah, so, Yeah. um, so she basically explained that like in Western society, there seems to be this huge cultural imperative to have some sort of resolution or acceptance when it comes to loss. But actually... You know, grief isn't it's not like it's a bloody business deal that we just like, you know, close off on, is it? You know, we don't (laughs) just move on. And her view was that at certain points, like we might feel like we're leaning towards acceptance, but instead of seeing it as like a final destination, it's actually more like a train station that we might like move in and out from like we might kind of get closer to the destination of feeling like a little bit like of Mm. acceptance but then something happens like as a life event or a milestone or something and we move out of it and I think it's really good to like see see it as like something that's more fluid and there's not like a finality to it you know like we're always changing, we're always growing. Like there's gonna be different things that happen in our life where we might feel sort of our grief maybe more at one point and then we might move out of that, that phase. And um, I think that's really important when we're looking at, at it through the lens of like closure as well. Like there's no final point to it. It's it's fluid, it might come back and forth at certain times. And I think that's a, a good way and a way that I like to view it now.
0: Yes, definitely. She put it wisely in her book, didn't she, about like that volume knob of distress. Mm, So like over time, like it might get quieter and like we have moments where we let joy or laughter in, but then it can also amp up, like crank crank the volume at times where it's like really griefy days. Um, I love that analogy too. And I think, you know, this is what, this caller was experiencing is like a really beautiful moment where the volume knob of distress was turned down and she felt a moment of peace and calm in her grief and a feeling of lightness and I just want to say like thank you for sharing that with us and for the important reminder that grief is not just sadness and that it's okay to embrace it all you know grief and joy can and will coexist and it's never one or the other so thank you for for sharing that with us and Moving on now to our final caller for today's episode.
2: Hey, ladies, I have a question and or a topic. Can we please talk about grieving while in a relationship with somebody who has not experienced uh, death, like the loss of a parent or a sibling or a um or a person in their life and how to navigate being in a relationship with somebody who does not fully understand the complexity and the density of grief and loss and death in particular
0: this is such a big
1: topic. Oh my God. It needs its own episode, <laughs> this topic. Well, we have
0: given it its own episode. It has, oh, we've yeah, done we that. did. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> earlier on, I think it's one of our up and griefies. But not going to lie, it's fucking hard. Like we can both talk to this with personal experiences. Our mums died suddenly. We were both in a relationship with people who haven't experienced a big loss. And it was definitely challenging at times.
1: Oh, 100%. Like... I actually remember um, when my mum died and about a month after my husband came to the UK to help me like with the funeral and stuff. And I remember him saying like, I'm finding this really hard. And I remember getting my back up and being like, you're finding it really fucking yeah. hard. And like, but, then yeah. Yeah. but like, uh, yeah, like, uh, yes, it's just such a, it's such a big one. And I think grief is one of those things that you can't grasp the magnitude of it until you've experienced it firsthand. Mm. I mean, hence why we're doing the work that we're doing because it made us realize like, oh shit, like <laughs> this shit is hard and we don't talk about it. And I think we both blindly went into grief, didn't we? In like mm-hmm. all of us do prior to that, you know, we're perhaps living blissfully unaware of how fucking hard it really is. And it's important mm. to remind ourselves of this when we're feeling unsupported. And it, it actually, this, this listener um, message reminds me of a comment by one of our community members. Um, They said that sometimes someone can't truly understand grief until they've experienced loss themselves. Mm -hmm. And coming to terms with this allowed me to let go of some feelings of anger and resentment. And that just sprang to, uh, sprang, sprung to mind. Sprang to me mind. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, because I think sometimes like, Oh, it's really hard when the other person isn't getting what, what getting what we're going through, and it, we can be we can feel angry, pissed off, like why the fuck don't you resentful. understand this? Yes. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's having that like understanding that sometimes if you ain't been through it, you just don't know. And it's annoying as that is because you want yeah. the people to know and you want them to understand, and like it is. Oh, I mean, this is just it's so hard, isn't it? It's bloody it- hard.
0: And it's one of those things that, like, no matter how much you try to get them to understand, we will never be able to make them understand. Like, that's the harsh reality with this, I think. It's just one of those things that you don't know until you've gone through it and Mm -hmm. you don't know how to support people properly and you just don't know what to fucking do. Like, I definitely didn't before I went through grief and the people that I knew had lost someone, I didn't know how to to deal with it. I didn't know the right things to say and, and do. And I think, you know, what you said earlier is how, like, with the fights with your husband at the start, like nothing they can say can make it better. And everything seems to make it feel worse sometimes, doesn't it? Like, oh, I think for me, after my mum died, I put a lot of unrealistic expectations onto my partner to support me. Like not only emotionally, but he was supporting me financially at the time. I was so traumatized. I couldn't go back to work. Like it was just a lot. And this pressure... I think from my grief and my expectations like caused a lot of conflict and like Sal mentioned before, like feelings of anger and resentment within our relationship, you know, and my partner, he's like a very logical, rational thinker, which, if you've been listening long enough, you know that that is not me at all. Like I'm super emotional, Um, not very logical. And I think like that dynamic caused a lot of friction because we'd always be like on two different levels, even different levels of grief. I know my mum's death impacted him. You know, I know that and he was grieving in his own way, but it was different, you know, Mm -hmm. different grief. We all have different ways of coping. And his is very much like cracking on with things. Whereas mine was like, fetal fucking crying on the floor in a fetal position like howling like a cub in the jungle you know it's just very very different and i think something that really helped me with that and i don't know if your your situation is similar i'm not sure the circumstances surrounding like the feeling like he, he doesn't understand or or her sorry and the lack of support like i think something that did help me and it may help you is my psychotherapist at the time explained that i needed to lower my expectations Mm it sounds simple, (laughs) and reframe, you know, the relationship. And she said that, you know, I can't expect him to fill every role in my life. And that really hit home for me. That is exactly what I needed to hear. And, you know, I was expecting him to be everything all in one. And I think that's unrealistic of any sort of relationship that we have. Um, Bit of background, like something that, I came to learn like when my mum died is I hadn't actually ever learned to self-soothe myself. And this is something that we talk about in that, in that relationships episode, but I would always call my mom whenever anything went wrong, I would call her and like, be like, mom, like help me, you know, fix this. And she would say everything to make me feel better. She was my nurturer. She was that, you know, unconditional love. She knew exactly what to say and do no matter what the situation was. And I lost that suddenly. And I'm now dealing with the biggest fucking thing in my life without that person, without my go-to person who mm-hmm. could give me that support. And it was really hard because then I felt really fucking alone because I'm like, okay, well, I've got a lot of expectations of my relationship. I can't go to my partner for all the things that I would go to my mum for. I'm having to learn how to kind of stand on my own two feet emotionally. It sounds weird as an adult having to do this, but I actually think it's quite quite common you know I had a little bit of a codependent relationship with my mom which I wasn't aware of until she died Um, but I think having that awareness really strengthened my relationship so if you're in a similar situation I just I would recommend like trying to create some wiggle room you know lower the expectations a little bit see see how you feel. And this can also apply to any sort of relationship as well, like lower the bar, reframe your expectations. It can help to minimize, you know, some of the disappointment and hurt that we can feel when we feel like people aren't on the same page or really understanding or supporting us in the way that we feel we deserve. I've just gone on for
1: like 10 minutes there, no, but no, I think it's so important and it is good advice. And I know that that has really helped you rebalance your relationship and feel more supported And another thing that I would also suggest to this listener is maybe finding a grief buddy, like we found each other, you know, Mm -hmm. someone that's like that go to person who does get you and, and can support you through your grief. And I know that's been one of the best things for us. And, you know, grief can be really lonely. And if you if you don't have that outlet in terms of that support from your partner, then hopefully our podcast and our online community gives you that space um, but maybe see if there are any grief support groups in your area or any any you know any grief support groups online in your country or locally maybe try and actively seek some of that support because i think if you haven't got that someone to share it with it is bloody hard and that's why community is so important
0: Yeah. And I think if our partners haven't gone through it, then they're not going to be the people to give us that support. And that's something Sal and I, you know, we learn, and that's why we needed, you know, to find each other. And we found each other. And like she said, it's been so helpful. And our partners are probably thanking, (laughs) thanking our moms every day for making that happen. So they didn't have to deal with our emotional side as much. But um, (laughs) I think, you know, we say it all the time. Like we don't know what our grief would look like. We didn't have each other, all this community and another, another example from like our personal experiences well mine definitely when when I'd be getting emotional and I felt like I wasn't getting the sympathy that I needed at the time from my partner was like learning to grieve in private and making it like a really sacred thing and this is where like our grief sessions come in really handy isn't it Sal like yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's a funny stories in there where I was really practicing like grieving in my own oh yeah you were like, I need to grieve, right? I'm off. I'm going to take myself off to grieve in private. Yeah, yeah. Rather than like crying in front of him and wanting him to comfort me and hug me and all of those things when he's also trying to fucking work and financially support our family. Like he's like, are you fucking crying again? Like, can you not? So I'll take myself up and have a grief sesh privately to myself. And one time um, he he like busted me. I came into the room and I was like mid grief there. She's like, Oh, you're right. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking all right. I'm not all right. But can you leave me alone now? Like now I feel like I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it was funny. I went from one extreme to the other, like needing him to emotionally support me to being like, "Um, you're in my space right now. This is my private emotional time. Can you fuck off? Oh God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so important. I think having, having that space for yourself to grieve if you're not if you're not getting that um Mm. sort of support that you need finding that private space but also yeah maybe finding an online support group or support in your local area or connecting with other people in the online griefy space and yeah we really hope that this our community and these these kinds of episodes hold that space for you as well but Mm guys thank you so much to everyone who's dialed into the hotline so far and we really appreciate you being so brave and honest and if you would like to share your confession or you have a question that you'd like answered on the pod you can find the link to our hotline messaging service in the show notes or via the link in our instagram bio and i also just want to say you know everything we've discussed today like if you are struggling definitely seek professional help it's really helped us both and don't be afraid to you know, to reach out to somebody who can support you.
0: Absolutely. And if you are needing a little bit of extra comfort as well, don't forget we've got our affirmation cards, which are available via our website. They're a great little prezi for yourself or for a mate who's grieving. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, leave us a rating or a review wherever you listen to your podcast because it can really help it get seen by other people who may need it. And thank you, like Sal said, to everyone who's dialed in. We absolutely love you guys. We are sending you all so much love and we will be back very soon. So bye for now. Bye guys.